Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Background Noise. I cannot believe that we are already in July. It is absolutely insane. I still remember myself about half a month ago thinking when July was going to come and when I would have to finally get my life together. Um, I'm still working on that. It's July, I know. But yeah, here we are. We are officially halfway through the year, which is incredible. I think I saw a tweet on Twitter and it's like, hey, good news, bad news. Um, we're already halfway through 2020 and I really don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I'm a month closer to going back to school, which I, I still don't know how I feel about that. I feel pretty ambivalent, especially because, you know, we still have a global pandemic going on and people still refuse to wear their masks, but I might expand on that later. And then with July, you know, especially when you live in Texas, it is so incredibly hot. I finally have my AC going on uh, all night. So, you know, we're at that time of year and the weather is, you know, like up in the 90s and it's not fun. I don't think anyone enjoys Texas summer unless you're crazy. <laughs> and um, y'all can't see me right now, but I am currently sweating so hard. Uh, you don't want to know how much sweat is on my face and everywhere. But yeah, I just worked out. And people are not kidding when they say death by Chloe Ting, because Chloe Ting's workouts are so hard, especially if you're a first timer. I usually do slightly less intensive. I mean, I think they are still pretty, I guess, intensive. But I know I follow different workout YouTubers for their workouts. I usually don't do Chloe Ting because um, it's just really hard on my body and I'm just not physically there yet. But I thought I would try one of her workouts today and I managed to get through half of it 15 minutes. And I feel like I could have kept going, uh, but I was not able to breathe basically. And it was just really tough. My face was all red. And I was not enjoying the workout like I usually do. Uh, so I decided to just do 15 minutes. And it was pretty intensive, so I felt like I had gotten my, you know, usual workout in. And then I decided to do, like, four minutes of this other um, ab workout. I don't know if after recording this podcast I'm going to go back and do my normal 30-minute workout. And, um, you know, my new 20-minute stretch that I decided to implement in my workout routine and, you know, break routine. So, yeah, that's that. I'm actually three weeks in to working out. It's currently a Wednesday now that I'm recording this. So, yeah, it's been two and a half weeks, and I've been going, like, really strong, and I'm so happy about that. Um, you know, it takes about three weeks to develop a habit, maybe even longer. And so I'm just really excited that I've kind of kept myself accountable. Like, obviously, I have those days where I feel really tired, but I still try to get my uh, daily workout in, mainly because I just want to be healthy and feel good about my body. So, yeah. And also, I don't think I've worked out like this since freshman year when I was taking gym, which is, you know, like 45 minutes of your usual physical activity. Um, but, yeah. 
I, I don't know. I just, again, I'm really proud of myself. It might not be an accomplishment to other people, but I think it's pretty impressive that I've been able to work out five days a week. Um, keep going. So, yeah. On this podcast episode, I'm going to be, you know, talking solo, if you haven't already noticed that, five minutes in. Oh, well, four minutes in, actually. Um, but, yeah. I thought I would take on less serious topics this time because, you know, you've uh, heard me talk about, I don't know, advocacy, activism on Instagram, partly sustainable fashion, which I actually do want to have a podcast episode, um, probably solo, about sustainable fashion um, by its, you know, by itself. And I think that would be really interesting to talk about, especially since, you know, fashion and sustainability um, are the fields of interest that I have. But anyways, I'm going to start off with what I've been struggling with, which is productivity and getting my life together, like I said. Um, this past summer, I don't really know what happened to me, but, you know, for this first, like, month and maybe a half even, I'm not really sure, uh, when I got off from school, but I've just been incredibly lethargic and just not as productive as I'd like to be. And I kind of blamed it on being, you know, on the edge of burnout for freshman, sophomore year. And I was like, my body is finally winding down. Like my mind's finally winding down. Um, but you know, it's kind of gotten to the point where I think I'm just being lazy. Uh, it's probably true. I am being lazy. But I mean, it's summer. It's kind of really hard to not be. But I had, um, you know, summer programs and I guess some activities lined up for the summer. And I thought that that was what was going to keep me active and I guess productive during the summer. But, you know, because COVID canceled all of those things, I'm now at home faced with the problem of, you know, how do I get work done? when I have access to so many distractions and I've been getting really distracted easily. And I really, I don't know why, like this has never been an issue before, but I guess now with all this free time, like I've just been, you know, more easily distracted by K dramas and Twitter and Instagram. Cause when you're in school, you know, you don't really go on your phone or at least I don't, I know other people do, but I just don't touch my phone during school. And now that I'm, you know, on summer break. And again, I have nothing else really to do except maybe study for a few um, standardized tests I need to take and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's so easy to get distracted. So part of my plan to, you know, get my life back together is to create schedules for myself. I did this like a few weeks ago when I was um, on this uh, I guess, phase of trying to get my life back together, but it didn't really work out. So now this is try two, try number two. But anyways, I did make a schedule for myself and it was like a whole timetable. So I told myself I was going to wake up at seven and then I, you know, blocked out hours to do things all the way until maybe 10 PM. I think I stuck with that for a few days and then I kind of just, you know, went, did my own thing, kind of stuck to the schedule, kind of didn't. But now, um, you know, a few of the activities on that timetable are, you know, done with 
So I think I have to create a new schedule for myself for July. And I don't know, like, you know, today is July 1st. And I think this might be a blank slate. And like, you know, when you wait for a blank slate so you can, you know, get your life back together, quote marks, I keep saying that, but you know, I think I, you know, waited until this moment to see if I can, you know, finally have the willpower to stick to my schedule and do all the things that I want to do. And yeah, I will probably sit down tonight and make that schedule for myself, maybe even journal a bit, uh, because when else am I going to get it done, you know? And I already said that I would do it in this podcast. So, you know, this is going to keep me accountable. And I'm going to be disappointed in myself if I don't do it. Also, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to me on this, but sleep schedules? Huh. When I was doing school during, you know, quarantine and whatnot, like I had a sort of schedule for myself, um, you know, until it went downhill in the last two weeks. But I did have a schedule for myself. Like I woke up early, um, didn't go on my phone, you know, I read a book and like I you know, I was so good about, you know, going to sleep and stuff. I mean, not really. Like, I went to sleep at midnight, like I usually did the entire year. But I finally realized that because, you know, summer has just aggravated this awful sleep schedule for me. Like, I've been waking up at 10 or 11, at least before noon, you know, and um, going to sleep at past midnight or like midnight, 12.30, 1 a.m. even, and that is not good. I have to remind myself that it is not normal, uh, or it's supposed to be not normal, for a teenager to go to sleep at 1 a.m. So I have to reset my sleep schedule. And so I might not do it tonight. Maybe I will at least try to go to sleep at 11, by 11, I mean. So yeah, I, you know, at least I woke up at 9 a.m. today. I'm very proud of myself for that. Um, So yeah, I'm going to just slowly get my sleep schedule back to how it was and try to limit myself from staying up past midnight um, because I've realized that when I wake up later, I get fewer hours to do things. Like even though I'm up for the same amount of hours that I always am, the, um, my daytime schedule is kind of shifted so late that the time that I actually get work done is narrowed down to just a few hours, and then I spend the majority of my, um, quote marks, day, you know, watching K-dramas and procrastinating. So I figured that if I wake up earlier, like maybe at 7 or 8 a.m., I'll actually have a full day to get work done. I see my sister working, um, you know, her day job in the room next to me, because obviously her room is next to me. But anyways, you know, I see my sister working, and I kind of feel guilty because I'm, like, not doing anything, and I just get to, you know, play around while she's working hard. Um, So, you know, that's one of the reasons why I just need to start going to sleep early and waking up earlier. And like I mentioned earlier, I have a lot of distractions, uh, which are part of the reason why I stay up past midnight. And that is, uh, you know, my K-drama that I'm watching right now and K-pop. 
I just finished Strong Woman Do Bong Soon, which is so good. It's a hilarious, cutesy rom-com. Um, and for some reason, it's just really perfect. I really enjoyed watching it. I suggest y'all watch it too. It is free to watch on Vicky. And I just, I really like K-dramas. I've always loved K-dramas. My, uh, my whole family does. My mom, you know, is obsessed with K-dramas. She watches them in her free time all the time. And my sister sometimes does too, you know, when she actually has time. Um, you know, she usually does other things that are productive, which I wish I could be like her. I will try to be, though. But anyways, I grew up in a household full of females obsessed with K-dramas. Uh, so, you know, I grew up obsessed with K-dramas. And I have recently gotten back into it. Like, I used to just watch Netflix. And I know Netflix has, like, a pretty good K-drama category. But I was watching, you know, things like... Um, I don't know what I was watching, actually, but Dear White People was one of them, which just so happens to also be a part of the BLM category. Um, it's also really good. Anyways, I am now watching Goblin, and this is a supernatural K-drama, and it's very, it's very, um, long. One of the, each episode is like an hour, ranging to an hour and 20 minutes. But it's worth the time. Like, all K-dramas really are worth the time. Well, I shouldn't say all. Most of them are worth the hours watching them. And I just think the OSTs, the acting is really on point. And I really love the plot as well. Um, and what I really like about K-dramas is their... Um, you know, they're just a they have a bunch of genres. They have, obviously, rom-com, um, like, nostalgic ones, um, <clears throat> ones like historical K-dramas. And it's historical as in, like, you know, Josian Dynasty, Shilla Dynasty, or, um, you know, some, like, Reply 1988 is set in, obviously, 1988. Um, so it's, it's really great to watch K-dramas and kind of, immerse yourself into this whole other world and kind of, you know, momentarily forget the world's problems. Because we all know right now that the world right now is just utter chaos. Anyways, um, moving on to K-pop. If I was recording this a week ago, I would have said that I was just obsessed with BTS and uh, Tomorrow Bye Together. But, you know, this past week, I have come to stan, well, stan's a strong word, kind of, but, you know, I use the stan pretty casually. But anyways, I have become fans of, or a fan of Blackpink, Mamamoo, Zico, IU, um, and Ken Daniel, Haze as well. And I don't know, I just, the K-pop industry is fascinating, and also it's just, K-pop is just really good. I really don't think that it's overrated. To anyone who doesn't like K-pop, you're missing out. And to anyone who does think that K-pop is overrated, you're very wrong. Because, like, BTS. Like, I know BTS is very... Is mainstream the right word to use? Like, I don't really know. But, like, you know, BTS is kind of the face of the K-pop industry now. And, you know, there was, there ha there is a lot of hype around BTS. And, you know, I kind of used to be um, one of these people. But, you know, it was... It's kind of like, what's the hype about BTS? Like, 
you know? Um, and some people might say they're overhyped or overrated, but really, I think the hype is truly, like, it's valid. Like, BTS, they are really good. And once you, you know, dive into, you know, like, there are other sides, like, through their Korean variety show, Run BTS, or all of that, like, you really understand why ARMY is such a strong fandom. Um, and, you know, I think that they are just a really good group of artists. And that's my opinion. Don't at me. <laughs> oh, and if anyone happens to wonder what my BTS bias is, it's Taehyung, or popularly known as V. Uh, should I just list all of my biases? Okay, I will, because no one asked for that, but I want to. Tomorrow by Together, uh, Yeonjun, his rapping abilities are just... Ugh. I'm just... Through K-pop, I've learned to appreciate rap, like, so much more, um, which I think is really great. Um, Blackpink, uh, I love Lisa. She's, again, like, a wonderful rapper. Mama Moo uh, is Hwasa or Moonbyul. I think that's how you say her name. I I think so. I'm not sure. But once again, they are, I think, yeah, they both rap in Mama Moo. And, you know, I think I'm just obsessed with the K-pop rappers. Uh, but who wouldn't be? They're all so cool. And uh, Zico is a solo artist. And again, he's a really good rapper. Any song is a great song, by the way. And then IU, who I became... <coughs> <clears throat> and IU, who I became a fan of because um, she did a collab with Suga, the um, the main rapper of BTS, um, and it's just they're all they're all great, they're all great, and I have uh, a whole playlist dedicated to K-pop now, or mainly K-pop. <laughs> oh, I love being a K-pop fangirl; it's so great. Oh, yeah, and the thing about being a K-pop fangirl is that, you know, you finally access, like, the K-pop side of Twitter, and let me just tell you, ARMY Twitter is, like, the best place ever to be. Um, just K-pop Twitter in general. Like, when you're not involved in fan wars and all of that, like, ARMY Twitter and K-pop Twitter in general is just, it's so great, because you just dive into, like, these threads, um full of people's, like, favorite, I guess, like, moments and pictures of one artist, or, like, you know, you dive into these fan cams, and it's just a really great time, and they're also, armies are so funny, like, the humor is unmatched, and I just, once again, I love it so much, I go to Twitter all the time just to get comedic relief, and they never fail to amuse me, and you know, I brought up fan wars. I just, <laughs> it's really funny to be sort of an outsider to fan wars because I don't participate in fan wars and I don't agree with fan wars. Um, but it's, it's really funny to see how, like, I don't know, some people try to pit armies and blinks against one another when really army blinks are a thing. And, you know, we all support each other's K-pop groups. Like, there's really no need for feuding. Um, yeah, I think that's that on K-pop fan wars. I, it, no one's really interested in this, probably, except for people who actually listen to K-pop. 
but uh yeah and i have friends who are into k-pop and some i have a specific friend who is getting into k-pop more and she is you know becoming a fan of like these new groups and i'm just i'm so excited to talk about k-pop with my friends because it's just so great when you have different biases or when you have the same bias which is even more awesome um and you can just talk about like new releases it's just a very wholesome time but also i will never um you know turn down the opportunity to talk about bts to my usual friends and i think they're so used to it by now um like you know during our discord game nights i'll be jamming to something or um talking about something and then it might have to do with k-pop and then i'll bring it up and then everyone's like it's it's bts isn't it and i was like yep it definitely is you all know me so well <laughs> So yeah. And then aside from, you know, my K-pop, K-drama distractions, I don't think I really have any other distractions. Um, and then, you know, to what, you know, these are distracting me from, it's my reading and I guess my studying, but you know, we, we don't really talk about that. I've been wanting to read more, hopefully. And as part of, you know, BLM, which I know I said no serious topics, but this is kind of a brief mention. Um, I've been reading Black Feminist Thought by Patricia Hill Collins because it, you know, it's on a lot of people's reading lists. Um, to educate themselves more for BLM. And anyways, yeah, I've been reading Black Feminist Thought by Patricia Hill Collins. And that, so far, I think it is a really insightful book. I am four chapters in, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but again, I've been getting distracted. And also, you know, when you have more advanced reading, it takes a bit longer to read when you're trying to process the information um, more in depth and, you know, just, yeah. Anyways, I am a little more than four chapters in and it's just, it's been a really good read so far. It's been very educational and somehow, um, well, I wouldn't say somehow, but Patricia Hill Collins really engages you into thinking about, you know, the controlling stereotypes that, you know, elite dominant groups have created to suppress um, black women. And, you know, black feminism is just really fascinating to explore. Black women are at the intersection of oppression through race, gender, class, and I can't really quote anything from Patricia Hill Collins, but it's just a really worthwhile book to read, and I really suggest everyone to read it. I mean, it's not like you have to, but I, I do suggest it strongly. And I know it's a higher level book, but if you take the time to read it, like, it's, again, it, it's very thought-provoking, and it, again, really educational, and I really love it. 
I didn't think I would love it as much as I uh, do, but I do. I want to also read not only just like very like, I don't know if I can say it's an essay style book or, but like not directly educational books, but more so just like black narratives and POC narratives. So I have, I have a very long reading list to tackle and hopefully I do get to read all of the books that are on that to read list. But, you know, take it one by one. And in the far future, I do want to read, um, like, other books. Because I usually go for, like, fantasy uh, dystopian books if I choose to read fiction. I've been really into nonfiction books lately. But for fiction books, Brandon Sanderson is on my list. And I know there is a specific person if he happens to be listening to this, but, you know, he's one of my friends who's obsessed with Brandon Sanderson, and he's been trying to get all of us, you know, to be part of the cult of um, Brandon Sanderson and, you know, Cosmere and whatnot, and I haven't really um, read up on Brandon Sanderson, but apparently he's a really good author, and I might read Warbreaker in the near future or far future, I don't really know, um, but I will be sure to let you guys know my thoughts if I do happen to read this while I'm still doing my podcast. Anyways, I guess uh, lately it's just been much easier to resort to entertainment through K-dramas and K-pop. I have been reading more, though, but I just I need to work on cutting down on my... Yeah, screen time. I'll admit it. I have to cut down on my screen time and I should cut down, you know, the amount of um, hours I spend watching like K-pop stages and, you know, the usual K-drama. I need to work back up to my original self-discipline. I was really good at, you know, not being on my phone or on my laptop too much unless I needed to. Um, so it's going to be a process, but I really want to get back into, you know, my original self-discipline because I need to start working towards my goals more. And yeah, I used to be really good at not getting distracted. I really don't know what happened to me, but I'm going to work on not getting distracted as much. I think one of the tips that I got a while back was to, you know, keep track of, like, what's distracting me and then, like, you know, evaluate each distraction as I uh, get it. So every time I'm thinking about... Um, getting distracted from my original work, like, I need to be more conscious of if I really need to deal with that distraction, or if, you know, I really need to watch a K-pop stage. Um, yeah, <sighs> it's, it's going to take a while, but I promise I'm going to try my hardest, and I think, hopefully, it'll work out. Moving on, I, you know, it's 
it's the summer before junior year and I mentioned this before about how I had some plans canceled um, due to COVID. I had like this, uh, what is it, volunteer program, and then I had maybe another volunteer program, I, I don't really know. But the thing is, is that I had stuff lined up for the summer and it got canceled. So now I don't really have anything to do this summer and I haven't been going out as much because, once again, COVID, and I'm not trying to get it or spread it. But uh, July 1st marks the start of volunteer hours for National Honor Society, and I would like to exceed the goal. For, and, you know, that's just I, just, I just want to try it. So I need to find some ways to volunteer. Um, my sister had phone banking as one thing that I could try, um, so I might have to, you know, email my, I guess, my NHS sponsor for, um, to see, I mean, to see if that's valid for volunteer hours, um, and then I guess I could work at the food bank or whatnot, but yeah. And also, I've been trying to find extracurriculars that I can do um, because I need and want to be on track for college, especially more selective colleges and universities. Like, I know what I'm interested in, and, you know, I have this, like, ongoing list of extracurriculars and summer activities to look out for, but the problem is, um, or just, like, one of the small problems is that I still haven't turned 16. And so it's been really hard for me to be able to do things um, freshman summer and sophomore summer. And now even, um, well, not junior summer, but like the summer of freshman year and the summer of sophomore year, which is this summer, it's been really hard for me to find any opportunities to do anything because most usually uh, let you in at 15 or 16. It's usually 16, sometimes 15, but you know, I'm just now 15. And it's been really hard to find opportunities that, you know, let you in at a kind of a young age. So yeah, I think my junior year and summer are going to be very packed because, you know, I will finally turn 16 and I finally discovered, like, all of these chances for me to, you know, get my extra cricks in and all that. Did I really just say extra cricks? I can't believe I just said that. But, yeah, I'm kind of worried about college and the future, especially because, you know, I know stats doesn't determine everything. Um, and it's really all about your extracurriculars and the rest of your application. So I've been kind of worried about that, and I i mean, I have an optimistic mindset in that I think things are going to work out, but I also have a realistic mindset in that I know I'll have to work incredibly, ridiculously hard for things to work out. Um, and, you know, especially with the colleges that I want to go to, um, I, like, you know, I... 
I watch those YouTube videos about people who've gotten in and like their stats and like what they did and all their extracurriculars. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it's really easy to get discouraged when um, you hear that not only did these people have the stats, you know, they had wow factors. And I feel like I don't have that. I don't have those wow factors necessarily. And I really need to work on them. Um, so, it, you know, it tends to feel unrealistic, uh, the wow factors, I mean, because, you know, some people have written manuscripts, research papers, and all of those things, and have gotten national recognition for something. And, like, somehow students accomplish those things, and it's incredible, but it's insane, and I just, uh, I don't necessarily think I'm at that level, but I feel like I have the potential to achieve something great if I set my mind to it. And I'm also worried about uh, not being a late bloomer, but like thinking seriously about college too late. I think I um, like I had it in mind for so long, but I also feel like I neglected it. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't say I neglected thinking about college, but I guess I didn't go as hard on you know college prep as some other students have, and I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's too late to make up for that, so I'm going to try my hardest to, you know, show colleges and universities, especially my dream college, um, that, you know, I have potential and that I can make change. And so, you know, um, as I speak more about college, I have been researching the colleges that I want to go to more in depth because like, you know, you hear, um, let's say, let's take A&M for example, like you hear about A&M, but let's say you, um, you have like this gut feeling that you want to go there, but you don't actually know, um, you know, the details about that college. So that's kind of me with the colleges that I've been interested in. So I've been researching them more in depth. Like I have a whole journal and I write down all the things I find out about them. And I've been doing that so that I can prepare more and know more about what I want to do and where I want to go, um, especially so that I can talk to my high school counselor because that's really important. I really, um, I'm really hoping to be able to talk to my counselor, hopefully in the next school year so that we can both get an idea of, you know, what I need to get done so that hopefully I make it um, to one of my top choices. You know, just high school student things. And we have this um, running joke in my friend group about how the future doesn't exist. And that reflects kind of the not neglectful mindset, but, you know, it's just like, I really wish that I didn't have to think about these things, but I'm going to be applying to college soon, and that's the reality, so I can't just not think about the future, um, and I think dreading it is just going to make it worse. Like I'm honestly really excited to be a college student, but I think for everyone, the most anxiety-ridden, um, nervous, anxious, uh, stressful time for high school students is their junior year like the in-between year for junior and senior year I guess I, I don't know if that made sense but yeah junior senior year is like a very hard time 
um, because, you know, you're applying for colleges and, you know, looking out for the results of those applications. And I've honestly, like, I just can't imagine myself applying for college, kind of, because it just seems very daunting to me to write um, an essay, like a good essay, and then, you know, the supplements. And obviously, I will get help from people who have done it before. But it's a scary process, especially when you haven't been through it. So, I yeah. I really, once again, I wish I could have, I wish I could ignore all of these things because, you know, college is far away. But like I said, it's really not. I'm going to be applying to college in almost exactly a year, and I will be in college in two years. So I'm going to be an adult soon. That's really weird to think about. But then again, I'm going to be graduating at 17. I'm not even going to be 18. Uh, but we don't talk about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, that kind of leads me back to productivity and self-discipline. Because, you know, I really want to not regret anything. And I want to make sure that I've done what I can to get into my top choices. And if, you know, I don't get in, then... You know, what happens, happens, and things will work themselves out. But, again, that takes effort. So I really want to crack down on myself harder this year so that I can get all of those things done. I really want to reach my full potential, or the potential that I can reach um, in high school given my circumstances. Um, I don't know if I will necessarily reach my full potential because I think that'll happen in college and after college. Um, but I want to be able to show um, my dream college and these other universities that, um, you know, given what I was given during high school um, and outside that, like I managed to do the best that I could. And I feel like my friends might worry about me overworking myself, and maybe that's just a concern that my narcissistic self is thinking about. But, I mean, my friends have expressed their concerns over me overworking myself in the past, I believe. Um, especially since I've also expressed I've been near or at burnout during the past school years. Um, but I... I you know, my friends will worry, but I think it's kind of inevitable and I should be fine. I mean, who really is fine during junior year? I don't think anyone is. Um, we'll see. So as for overworking myself, I mean, I kind of, I, I felt, I, I have felt that I've been taking it maybe too slow because even though I've let myself breathe, if you can call it breathe, um, during the past two years, I feel like I can also go harder and just work on time management. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, all of the things that I want to get done are usually what I would get done during the school year, but I don't really know what's going to happen uh, with school, especially with COVID. Um, 
and like attending the school in real life or not. I don't really know how I feel about that. Um, and I just, this whole pandemic is making everything like questionable. And I don't like it. I don't like that I don't know what's going to happen, but that's just inevitable. That is what it is. I mean, I miss the in-school experience, which I know I won't once I'm finally in school, but you know, I, I want to get back to that normalcy, but I'm concerned for my health and others. And when I say normalcy, um, that's just in terms of going to school, like waking up and going to school, going to like after school rehearsal and coming back home, that type of normalcy. I definitely do not mean the normalcy that we've been in um, concerning you know, politics, social justice, all of that. Um, but again, I'm not really focusing on that in this episode. And yeah, it's, I don't know, 2020 has just been a tough year for all of us. And, you know, we're halfway through, so we're just going to make it through the other half. And soon it'll be 2021, and it'll be a distant memory. Actually, no, I think we'll forever remember that we experienced a pandemic. But anyways, yeah, I think um, that's all I really have to say for this episode. That's kind of all I really prepared for this episode, at least. Um, so I hope everyone had a good um, you know, podcast session listening to me talk about my worries as a high school student. And I hope you're all doing well. Um, I hope everyone the LGBTQ plus community had um, a wonderful Pride Month, and I hope that you will continue to express your pride, um, whether it's Pride Month or not. And yeah, go harder for Breonna Taylor, go harder for Elijah McClain, um, go harder for everyone, and Black Lives Matter, and that's really all I can think of right now. So bye y'all, have a good day, evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. (laughs) 